but it was all over Facebook where somebody was posting like, please don't go have a conference with your team in the outfield when you're not the last game of the day, you know, like go get your stuff out of the dugout and then go have the conference. And I just thought, oh, that seems like we could probably, there's probably a lot of those sort of like unwritten common sense type, just polite things. Absolutely. Just to kind of bring it to light. Yeah. Welcome back to Moms of Baseball. This is episode 85 and I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today, we're going to go over some common travel ball etiquette, spoken and unspoken rules for parents. Actually, before we do that, I guess we should probably say to our listener, thank you, or listeners, hopefully we have more than one. Thanks for hanging with us. I know we've been MIA for the past, I think, four weeks. Yes. So, it's but been it's, a while. It's it's been crazy, but um, at least speaking for my kids, we are through the season and we have finished tryouts for next season. So I feel like we can kind of take a deep breath and breathe a little bit and have some time to record some good content moving forward. Yep, we're moving on to our our time period where we do other sports and we take a pause. So yes, we are going to be back with some some more good content. Actually, if you have any content or uh, topics that you want us to discuss too, please let us know on um, Facebook. Yeah, we're okay. definitely always looking for ideas. So anyway, yes. back to travel ball etiquette. <laughs> We're a hot mess. It's it's been a minute. Yeah. So parents, these are kind of just kind of stuff that you should automatically know, but maybe you don't, and it's and it's fine. Um Based on experience, I think everyone doesn't know this. Wait, yeah, maybe not. Right? Yeah, we'll see. So usually sitting on your side where your team is playing on the dugouts, like you know, we don't usually have teams interspersed, but that's okay if you do, I guess. But as long as you're not like the crazy cheering parent because it's just as awkward like you're cheering for your team on the other side and you're sitting there with all of those parents it's just it makes it very awkward um yeah. home plate is usually like the neutral territory so that's i that's understandable that's fine but the the bleachers kind of on your sides are typically for those sides of the dugouts yeah we've talked about how if it's really hot you know, and you're and there's only shade or good shade on one side. Yes, everybody like share the shade. That's an exception. Don't just expect everyone to stay to their side. But for the most part, especially if you're kind of like noisy or or, or anything, it, it's just kind of common courtesy to stay a little bit more towards your side of the dugout. Um, I just saw this the last weekend we played, so I feel silly even saying it. But like, don't go set up your chair right in front of somebody watching a game in progress. You know, yeah. try to make sure they have a clear line of sight to, to home plate or, you know, kind of at least ask, am I okay, you know, here? So yeah. I think not even your chair, but like even standing in front, because sometimes people, you know what I mean? You back up from the fence because you got that silly middle pole. And so you back your chair up a little bit and then people will come and stand in front of you. And you're like, really, is this really happening right now? And a lot of times it's kids, it's players, you know, cause they don't have that spatial awareness yet, I guess. So I yeah. would try to make sure if but it's they, from yeah. our team, I'll be like, Hey guys, can you like maybe take a knee or pop a squat or something? There's people behind you trying to watch the game. Yeah. Kids are usually, yeah. Pretty respectful if you ask them to move, but I think some adults, I'm just like, I, you got to slide friend slide, slide one way or the other. Um, another one would be staying back. Oh, until your, your game starts. If 
you know, the other game is still going on and you're with your chair or your tents or whatever, just hang back and wait for them to leave. Like, I know everybody's in such a hurry. I think it was mostly in dome tournaments when we did those, but like people were like on your tail, like soon as the game ended, the minute it ends, you need to get your stuff, pick it up and move because those people are like totally waiting for you to like get their upfront seat. And you're like, just yep. give me one minute, one minute to like pack my stuff and my kids up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so that kind of goes both ways. Like don't move in, you know, and start unpacking right, right along the sidelines. You can, you can go a few feet back and just hang back, but you know, don't encroach on their territory until it's done. But on the flip side, be respectful and like kind of get your stuff packed up and then move back when, you know, usually you're waiting around to talk to your kid or whatever, but you can, you can kind of clear those good zones, but yes. And dome ball in particular, if you're in a smaller dome, the seating is super limited. I've, I've had that. This is where travel ball etiquette, I think probably first popped in my mind. I'm, I'm yes. kind of hanging back a couple of feet, letting the people pack up their things, but I'm standing there and I'm holding the chair. And while the families are still like packing everything up, parents from the other team just walked right in front of me and said, literally set their chairs up. There was like two or two. Oh between me and those people and just came and set their chairs up right there. And I was like, really? Like, I didn't say anything, of course, but I was like, like, come on, you have to see. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't see me. They totally saw you trying to be respectful, but sure. Go sit there. I'll find something else, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't do that. That's a poor taste. And you know, kind of the same rules apply with tents, especially with tents. You kind of covered that. So, um, don't, don't go set it up in front of people. Um, while you're waiting for your game to happen. And if you set up your tent and then you have a break, which happens a lot of times, you know, there's like that one game break in between. So you may not feel like moving your tent or taking it down. You can, I've seen that happen a bunch of times where people leave their tent there and then they just tell the parents like for the next game, like, Hey, feel free to just, you know, do we mind if we leave our tent here and you can just feel free to sit underneath it. And then we'll just, you know, come back for the next game. And usually that makes everybody happy. It does. It does. But we've also done that where people have been under the tent and then the game's not fully over yet, but guess what? It's like blazing hot. And we're like, sorry, we're going to, we're going to squeeze in here because we want some shade. <laughs> like it is our tent. And I know you're here watching your game, but man, we still need some shade. And so we've, we've just squeezed in and I don't know how, if those people felt uncomfortable or not, but I was like, sorry, we need to get shade. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to the hashtag share the tent, right? Like when That's it's right. a really hot, hot game, no matter whose tent it is, if there's shady space available, spread the love, share the tent. Yes, share yeah. it, share it. Um, The next one is always help someone set up or tear down a tent. Those things are so kind of awkward. I don't know how many times I've like pinched my finger. I'm like, I'm not going to do it this time. And then I'm like, wham. Okay, great. It's so, just so easy with four people, right? It like is. Everyone yeah. takes the leg. Yep. Push the leg in all at once. And then you can do that. All right. How about music? I think that's something we need to talk about, right? We do. Absolutely. I think you get, when you're younger, you get so excited because you can do your walk-up music. Um, And then after a year of doing that, and then you step back and you're like, wow, it's kind of annoying. (laughs) That's just my thought on that. I mean, I don't, yeah, we don't, in this older age group, we don't really hear walk-up music that much anymore. Not I mean, I guess if the if the stadium was doing it, then that's fine because yes. it's a little bit different. But when parents are playing it and then you're trying to record, sometimes it interferes with um, Game Changer or putting it on YouTube or Facebook, Facebook or any of that. Yeah, they hate the music. Yeah, so it just it it is no bueno. So um, I don't know. I would I would rather leave music. 
Yeah. And Trevor said the same thing. He glanced at my list and he was like, oh, music. I know. Really rather you didn't. But like, if you have to do the music, you know, end it a lot sooner than you feel like you should, you know, be respectful, keep the volume reasonable, keep the lyrics clean, you know, and and it's, it, it seems to be more appropriate at the younger age levels. Once they're older, it's probably somebody like from the press box or the stadium or whatever that's playing the music. And that's fine. But Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there is that kind of weird in between, like from like 12 to like 12 on up, I feel like where it's just a little bit more awkward to have the the walk up music and stuff. And I would say especially and if you have music in the the venue that you're at is playing music, don't play it like I just got back from Branson updated episode coming soon about that but the, well, part of the Branson experience is they play music right uh-huh. well, some of the teams would also play their own music at the exact same time <laughs> so like it's like battling songs and it's just it's really annoying for everybody so yeah please don't do that if the venue has music then let yours you know stay off that day you know there was a mom that was like I put this playlist together <laughs> they are going to use it I am just going to turn up the value you know what I mean yeah <laughs> That's nope. funny. Yeah, no, you don't want to compete that. Um, even in like I, I hear music when they're warming up. I I don't have a problem with that. That's right. fine. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes when you're playing like on a field right next to them and they have their music is like, I don't know if it's face towards like the fans or what, but I was like, you guys enjoy the music, face it towards you, where it's sometimes annoying. But otherwise, yeah, it's not a problem when it's warm up and stuff like that. Right. And then after music, I feel like we can pretty quickly roll into like cowbells and noisemakers. Um, you know, that's just a personal preference type of thing. Just know that if we're talking about travel ball etiquette, it's not going to make you a whole lot of friends if you're the person at the field with the cowbell. Um, so it may be frowned upon from that standpoint. Um, another standpoint is like, I love cowbells personally. I've never, I never will. I won't be that person, but I don't mind the sound of a cowbell. It doesn't grate on me. Like it does a lot of other people, but, um, we see the hate for cowbells and noisemakers all over the place. So just, again, it's, it's kind of frowned upon from, from an etiquette standpoint for sure. Yeah. Did you ever see that Saturday night live skit with Will Will Ferrell? And he's like more cowbells. More cowbells for sure. I love it. Um, but we did, we played a team in Branson last year and they had a cowbell, but it was like almost like a chant, which I totally appreciated it. Like it was <laughs> kind of like a cheer with the cowbells. Was this a team from Panama? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like moms coordinated, like yeah. singing a yeah. song together and it was adorable. Yes. You're right. <laughs> I, I like, I really like that. But what I don't like with the noisemakers and things like that is like, if, if you're doing it right when someone's going to pitch or like, you know what I mean? Like there's a time and a place, like you're not doing it like as a distraction or to try and throw the pitcher off or something like that. Like that's just being rude. You don't need to do that. But otherwise, if you're doing it while everybody else is cheering, I don't have a problem with it either. Right. And the same thing with music. There's a team that we've played Max's team in particular has played that's notorious for like, oops, I didn't mean to play that super loud clip as the pitcher from your team was in the middle of his motion. I'm so sorry. Oh you my know, gosh. Like, <laughs> don't really? do that. Really? Yeah. Don't be that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then along with that, um, since we're kind of talking about, I guess, cowbells and the noisemakers that go along with cheering. Um, I personally don't think it's in good taste to go insane and lose yourself over like the other team, a player, a child on the other team, making a mistake or an error. Um, you know, like I kind of get like, Oh, we just scored a run. It was a really close situation and maybe like clapping a little bit, but like going berserk 
like your kid just hit a home run because the shortstop let the ball go through his legs. Like that's kind of in poor taste in my opinion. Right. Um, right. And those are cringy. Cause I'm like, I bet that kid just feels like crap. You know, he was like, like you let's just stomp on them more like I get you yeah yeah like I can be internally happy that okay we just went ahead or whatever but I'm not gonna like outwardly go crazy over it Mm -hmm. um and it reminds me of way back when we did machine pitch and there would be some parents on our team that would like go crazy cheering when a kid from the other team struck out and it was like we didn't have our pitcher, like you're not cheering for the pitcher because you just did a really good job and you, you know, you threw a good pitch and you struck this kid out. Like literally it's a machine (laughs) struck the child out. So you're literally cheering for the other kid swinging and missing. And like, and then they're like, there's no pitching. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Again, I I don't recommend that. Mm -hmm. I get that. Okay. So now we've got some, I guess this goes to the team or the players, things for them to keep in mind, to keep with good etiquette. Absolutely. A kind of a must is vacating the dugout immediately after the game ends. As soon as you're kind of finished shaking hands. Like I think most coaches are good about that. We did run into it once when we were in Atlanta. Um, it was the end of the, like the, the 15 U championship. And so it was a championship game and they were all doing pictures and everything. And I'm like, we're still on a schedule, dude. We still have a game going and like, you guys need to take your pictures and stuff out of the dugout. And like, you know, there were even a couple of parents that said, Hey, really happy for you. I'm glad you're excited, but now you've wasted 10 minutes of our time because you were all on the field. Like, can you move over like right behind off of the field, please? And then they finally did, but like come on, you know, you can see them warming up out in the outfield. You know that they, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're not the last game of the day, um, one of the first things you do should be to get your stuff out of the dugout. I know for the younger kids, they don't even let them really pack everything up because that can take forever for the catchers to get everything in their bag. Just so it's like, just grab everything, get it out of the dugout, then pack everything up. Then we go have our team meeting or whatever in our last tournament. I think it's the, may have been the same weekend you were in um, Atlanta actually, we had a similar situation where the team before us, it was the 14U championship and they won, but we, our 15U championship was afterwards. We were on a time crunch because there were no lights and it was towards the end of the day. Oh yeah. But they, they did, they immediately vacated the dugout and they did their little ceremony, but they just did it off the field, you know, just to oh, the good. side. And that's yeah. where they did all their awards and their pictures and everything. So I thought that was, that was really nice. That is good. Very nice. Also cleaning up any of your trash, throwing away all of your stuff. That's kind of, you know. It should be a given, but a lot of coaches don't have their kids do that. Like, come on, make sure it's Mm -hmm. empty. If it wasn't empty when you got in there, make sure it's empty when you, when you leave. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I'll talk about the, I'll talk about the next one. Cause this is, this is kind of a Trevorism, my husband. <laughs> and it's just when you're warming up in a game, like you should be playing catch in the outfield grass, not in the infield dirt, especially, mm. we're just going to assume these are all like dirt infields. And he started telling like every team that he coached since they were really little, like if you want to know another team is a bunch of scrubs, it's because they're warming up in the infield dirt. Um, like playing catch. So they'd be like, coach, they're like, that team scrubs. I was like, <laughs> when you wrote that, because we used notes, I was like, I don't, what does she mean by scrubs? I was just totally thinking of like the TLC song. And I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So people, they still think of that, like, oh, that's, yeah, we don't want to be scrubs. So, and that's just being respectful, you know, <laughs> you know, in most tournaments yes. will require this as well. Like make sure you take your infield in the foul territory off the third base or first base side. And if you know, you can hit outfield because you're out in the grass. So, um, yeah, 
And it's also a superstition not to step on the chalk lines, but also I just feel like in general, you know, not in the middle of making a play, but when you're going on and off the field, there's no reason to, you'll see kids sometimes like walk along the chalk line and like kick it up. Like, don't do that. I know. You were like, we just did that. We we have that for a reason to help us all. Like, <laughs> right. you don't need to do that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, another one is shaking hands, say good game, making eye contact with players and coaches. Um, I ha- Yeah, we have had that poor sportsmanship a couple of times where players will like try to squeeze another kid's hands really bad or they, what was that? There was a comment to one time they were like, thanks for the practice when they had obviously beat us. And you were like, really? Are you really oh, saying yeah, that? Oh yeah. Good game. Yeah. Instead yeah. of good game, they were like, thanks for the practice. And you're like, yeah. wow, yep. great. Yep. Great attitude. Yeah. I, I always try to stress to my kids to look everybody in the eye. I even remember being a kid and this part of this was just being really shy. Like I would just kind of like put my head down or stare at the hands and mm-hmm. be like, good game, good game. But you're not yeah. telling the hand good game. Like you're telling that player <laughs> good game. Like look them in the eye, make good eye contact and tell them good game. Right. I think that's part of growing up as well. <laughs> like becoming yeah. an adult, right. try to look them in the eye when you communicate. Very good. Right. Yeah. Um, also thanking the ump after the game. I think it's nice and polite. Um, you don't have to, but yeah, it's, it it's nice definitely, it's definitely nice if they hang around afterwards to tell them thank you or to teach your kids to tell them thank you. And like, mm-hmm. and don't, and it's kind of a given, but like, don't berate them during the whole game, you know, Yeah. either. Yeah. So uh, another one um, for parents and players is we kind of talked about this, but like you can cheer for your team, go crazy for your team. But I always think it's just in better taste to keep everything positive versus, um, you know, yelling at the kids like, come on now and keep your head in the game like that type of stuff. I don't know that those like rhetorical type things help anybody, Um, especially Mm -hmm. coming from not I'm I'm, I won't even direct that at the coach, but coming from players and parents and um, also along with that, don't coach your kid from the stands. You know, you have your kid the whole rest of the day. You can coach them the rest of the day if you want, but not from the stands during the game. Yeah. I think we've talked about it before. Like you don't want to get in your kid's head right before he goes up to bat and you're like, make sure you stay back. Like, I think, I think they'll know once they see the pitch where they need to be, or if they don't, they don't like, that's a whole part of learning baseball, but your words of wisdom right before they go up to bat is not really going to be of any benefit to them. You're just going to get in their head and get them all confused. So just let them do their thing. And I feel as the kids get older, I'm not yelling less, but I I'm cheering a lot less. Like I will encourage from time to time, but it's a lot less cheering. I feel as the older they get. I feel like it's more out of fear for me than anything. Like I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. So I just don't right. say anything at all. But then when it's like in a tight situation, sometimes I can't help it. Yes. Yes. I guess I'm one or the other. There. I, yeah. I, like there's not much middle ground for me. Mm-hmm. There was another mom on our team last year and she was like, yeah, my son said, mom, can you please not cheer for me anymore? And she was like, oh, like what? Like she wanted something specific. And he was like, like everything. <laughs> She was like kind of heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. Just because I think she had a louder voice and he could hear her at all times and he just it threw his game off. And so that's fine. You know, you gotta be respectful of what your child wants as well. So yeah, yes, you do. Um, and again, more things that should just be givens, but like don't talk bad about the other kids. D- don't do it from the stands, don't do it when you're talking with your own kid. Like, and mm-hmm. we've all been there and we've all heard that. Yes. I feel like I've had people with me, like, and I don't think they're intentionally trying to be mean or whatever, but 
what they say can just, it's not, it's definitely not positive. And they're definitely talking about a specific mm-hmm. individual. And I have to be like, A, you know, the parent is right next to us. And B, like, yeah. let's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, some of that stuff then triggers people. And then there you have the fighting and oh gosh, it gets a lot of hands. So yes, just be respectful. Um, the next one we have is don't talk bad about the coach or your teammates um, in the stands even because you don't know who's around you or what family member might be with somebody. Um, just not appropriate. Also, be careful what you say in front of your child because they are always listening. So whether you're intentionally or you say, you know, oh, God, they had four errors, but he kept them in. And, uh, and oh, my gosh, I can't that. believe yeah, your coach should have done shouldn't have done that. Or if you get extremely mad over something that the coach did and you want to have a talk, always wait that 24 hours and then, you know, think about it and then and then have that conversation with your coach because it's never good in the heat of moment to have that conversation. Yeah, if you've been around long enough, we've all seen a parent kind of like lose their stuff in the middle of a game or immediately after a game. And that's, it's embarrassing for you, the coach, your kids, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This one, I guess we switched gears a little bit. Let's uh, talk about honoring your commitment. If you commit to a team, you know, obviously there's always going to be exceptions, but if we're talking about etiquette, don't change your team after you've already committed. Um, especially if we're talking about like in the middle of the season and, you know, people were just talking about this on Facebook today too. I think it was United baseball parents of America or something. And they said the baseball community is a really, really small world. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. (laughs) You want to try to not to write anybody unless you absolutely have to. Absolutely. Now, if something happened where you were like, no, this is toxic and it's not going to be good for us. Okay. I mean, that's your choice to make, but I mean, just remember you know, there is that weird possibility down the line that you may meet up with them again, or even some of the parents. So just be mindful of that. And also don't ever ask for your money back in mid-season. <laughs> yeah, it's probably that's gone. That's it's gone. Like you, you committed to the team and that money is going to the team. So you're not getting that back or to the organization. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, the next one in is if you fill in for a team, um, get your coach's blessing. That's a, a very good idea um, because I bet your coach would be kind of upset if you did play a guest role in somebody else's team and then you got injured and then you would be out of your regular team's kind of lineup. I mean, it's always a good idea just to let your coach know what is kind of going on. Yeah, at least give him a heads up. Nobody wants to find that out because they saw it post- posted on Facebook or Instagram or somebody let them know, hey, did you know your kid was playing with so-and-so? Like, give them a heads up in advance, even if you don't feel like you owe them the honor of asking for permission, at least give them a heads up. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So along the same lines there, if you're a coach, um, you probably should be really careful about actively recruiting players when your season's not over and their season's not over, you know, talk to the kid, tell them, Hey, good game. I really enjoy it. Every time we play you, you know, you can, you can, you could have a relationship with them. I feel like, like not creepy, but just let them know you've noticed them, (laughs) appreciate them. But like, 
um, that's not the time to say, Hey, you know, when are you going to come over to our team? And we'd love to have you for next year when you still have a full team, <laughs> like that's just right. telling people like, I want to in the middle of my season, I haven't even finished giving my kids a chance to prove themselves. And it's also a little bit disrespectful, I guess, to the other, to the other coach. And this happens all the time, but, um, just it's, it's definitely frowned upon. And then the other one, and I think we've seen this happen um, a lot and it's that teams will have tryouts. They have their new team, but they still have games scheduled from like the previous season after tryouts. And it's so dumb to me and awkward. Like it's so weird. Do that (laughs) never is good. It's always super awkward one way or another. The coach ends up bringing the players from the new team to that and gets everybody upset or the players that have already decided to leave and go to a new team, um, end up not going or going. And then the coaches are spiting them and not give, whatever. It's just like, or there's been situations where the coaches won't tell anyone who made the team. So you all tried out oh, yes. a week or two ago, but we're not going to let anyone know who made the team until after this tournament. And then that's just super awkward. Stressful. Just weird. Yeah. So yeah, just maybe schedule your last tournament before tryouts. Mm-hmm. Well, and cause you know, everybody's in such a hurry. They're like, we need to be first because then we're going to get them right away. And we're going to make them commit to us, which is ridiculous anyway. So yeah, all these tryouts are becoming earlier and earlier, like the end of July, I think it was, they were starting. And I was like, we need to just take a minute. Like, can you just slow your roll? I think in other communities, it's actually significantly earlier than that, believe it or not too. So yeah, yeah. It is, it's crazy. That is crazy. This is one we kind of um, learned to love with the organization both our boys started with. And that's like, if you're on time, you're late. Mm-hmm. Try to have your kids. And, and it's also just a practicality thing. Have your kids to practices and to games 15 minutes early. You never know when you're going to run into something um, traffic wise, or if they're going to forget something or you have to park a mile away. So just don't be that person that's always late to practices and games. Um, yeah. and you have to be late. Um, like you get out of work at a certain time or you're running four kids all over the place. Obviously we can only do what we can do, but just make sure your coach knows. And I think usually they understand we're human and they just like to be in the know that, okay, you know, Johnny's going to be here 10 minutes late every Wednesday and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, just even recently, I mean, we're moving into football now, but um, one of the football coaches was explaining, he's like, practice starts at seven. That does not mean that you're getting dressed and getting your shoes on at 7 a.m. That means practice starts. So if it takes you 15 minutes to get ready, if it takes you a half an hour, 45 minutes to get ready, then you, uh, you know, get yourself ready in that time and then be ready to go when practice starts. So remember that as well. I had to learn myself, like coming from the travel baseball world where everything was like super like serious and regimented and everything like that. And like, you're always 15 minutes early dressed and ready. Um, going from that to coaching freshman volleyball, (laughs) like trying to get like the freshman girls to understand that, like if practice starts at four o'clock, I want you here dressed, ready off your phone, helping me set up the nets and, you know, peppering with a partner at that time, not walking in the door in your jeans and flip-flops at practice Mm -hmm. time. Like it's just, um, it's a good mindset that they should take with them to all practices. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and along with that, this seems like pretty obvious, but not just if you're running late, but like, if you can't make a practice, tell your coach, don't just like not show up to practice or better yet, have your kid tell your coach, have them yes. tell your coach and let them know, Hey, I can't come tomorrow. And not like five minutes before, but like when they know they can't attend, 
have them let the coach know. If you know you won't be available a certain weekend or a certain game, have them let the coach know as soon as possible. And then maybe in, I would always recommend doing that in a text because then you kind of are covering your own butt, right? Like later when they're like, why weren't you there? And you can go back and scroll and find the text and see like, Hey, remember when I told you, you know, last week that I wouldn't be here today. So plus it's like in writing too, because like, if I were a coach, I'd be like, I know you said that, but I have no idea right. oh, what, and practice that or what day you were telling yeah. me. You're so constantly having different kids yeah. and different parents telling you stuff. So yeah. And so I used to say, yeah, text me and not just, te- or like I used to use team snap and I would say, tell me in yep. team snap. If you didn't tell me, you can tell me verbally too. And remind yep. me. Yeah, like, absolutely. You me in team snap. You didn't tell me because that's where I go back to say like, okay, who couldn't come to today? look through? I know someone said, but I can't remember. Yep. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the next one is dress appropriately for practice. So that usually includes your baseball pants, baseball hat, um, cleats, all of those things kind of common sense. Sounds obvious. I know. You know, learn what your coach expects and dress that way and come prepared just like that for practice. Mm-hmm. We usually do, yeah, always come with the pants. And then there's like been that random, at least for like Little League and stuff like that. They were like, oh, you didn't need to wear pants where you could just wear your shorts. And it's just, it's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like we would do that for rec ball or even for travel where there'd be certain days where it's super hot. And so coach would text and say, hey, they can wear their shorts today. You know, but if you didn't get that text, it was expected that you'd show up in in the baseball pants and the cleats and everything ready to go. Yep. Baseball ready. Yep. This kind of goes back to like, don't be a scrub, like (laughs) keep your shirt tucked in, have your kids keep their Jersey, you know, tucked in. It comes untucked, like should just take them a second to get it tucked back in. So they look clean and nice, like a baseball player. Yeah. I will say piggybacking on that. I've had some coaches that have been, I, I don't know. It's their one thing, but they say, if your baseball pants have loops on them, put a belt on. Oh, Trevor was, <laughs> and that's like a standard. Yeah, I agree. I, it looks to me, it looks so incomplete. If you're not wearing a belt when they're mm-hmm. little and they're in those little elastic pants, yeah. like, okay, <laughs> that's adorable. And they don't need to wear belts and they can't wear belts. Right. But if right. they have belt loops, I agree. I think they yeah. should wear a belt. I don't even care as much if it like coordinates, but put a belt on. Even right. But practice, put a belt on. I don't want mm-hmm. them not in a belt. <laughs> well, part of that is we don't want their pants falling down either, but. Right, 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 right. But whether you need the belt or not, you have loops. You got to put it on. There you go. Yeah. And that actually just happened recently. It was a rec game. There was a kid where I'm going, gosh, he's running funny. I know he's faster than that. And he looks awkward. Like, is he hurt? <laughs> Come to find out he forgot his belt and like his pants were big. Oh, so he was afraid to run like too oh, hard, no. run all out because his pants were going to fall down. But somebody came through and got him a belt in the middle of the game. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. See, there is a reason. There is a reason for that belt. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, that's all Stephanie and I could come up with where if we missed anything or if you disagree, I'm sure, you you know, people are going to disagree on a lot that we said. These are not hard and fast rules. These are just, again, etiquette. So to me, that just means this is polite and uh, will help to to get fewer people irritated with you and your child or, <laughs> or your coach or whatever. So, yeah, let us know what you think. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider giving our podcast a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. It helps us a ton. And in the meantime, you can find Moms in Baseball on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or better yet, if you haven't already, join our Facebook group, Parents in Baseball. We're up to about 2.2 thousand members now. So we're actually like growing into a real group. Yeah, right. Feel free to 
post any messages or if you have questions in there too we like to see all those funny memes or or just <laughs> whatever is going on at the time those are always nice to see as well Absolutely. until next time have fun at the fields we'll see you next week my bad it's all right we're a little rusty this is gonna be whoa this is gonna be interesting okay, okay we haven't done this. this in a long time i know it is a long together time. the two of us though.